Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi guys, welcome back to the City Confessions. I am so excited for this week's guest. We have Hannah Neves. She's a marketing, branding, PR expert and the CEO of her own company, Hannah Neves. She specializes in elevating luxury brands to become the authority in their space. So hi, Hannah. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so, so much for having me here. I'm so, so excited. It's so crazy because I am obviously like newer to Clubhouse. I don't know how long you've been on it, mm-hmm. but for those who don't know, Clubhouse is like going to take over for sure in the next three months, I feel. Mm-hmm. It's an audio-based app, and the way I describe it is that if LinkedIn and podcast had a baby, it would be Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you join these chat rooms that are hosted by amazing people, I would say leading professionals in their fields slash, I don't want to use the word ordinary people, but it's like a space for everybody. Um, And you can listen to these amazing people speak and gain so much knowledge, again, in their topic of choice. Uh, But you can also host your own rooms. And I don't remember which room I uh, joined, but it was something to do with marketing, correct? I think so. Yeah, I've been on Clubhouse since it started. And oh my God, really? It, yeah, I actually, well, I would say since like December, um, but hopping on bef- when it started to become honestly like a trend and it is so much fun. Um, I really feel like it brings like the social piece back to social mm-hmm. media in a way. And I just like even this conversation, like meeting from Clubhouse, it's just in- incredible to see like how this app is bringing so many people together. Yeah, totally. And I would say I also really love that the app focuses on personal development and personal growth. And it's kind of making that mainstream. Whereas obviously, Instagram is a little more visual and Mm -hmm. almost like a showy app. Yes. (laughs) And I just love that it's only audio based because that takes so much pressure off of looking a certain Mm -hmm. way while you're speaking. And it gives so much uh, focus to your voice, right? Like yes. how how can you can you hold a conversation? You know, can you offer valuable information where people are like, "Ooh, wow, that was deep," without even seeing you. So exactly. I love that. Yeah, me too. And it's you know, it's so interesting too. It's it's one of those things where if you're an early adopter to these types of platforms, um, you know, your your profile, your account can perform really, really well. And not even just that, what I've noticed with Clubhouse is that, you know, you can be rubbing virtual elbows, you know, um, or shoulders with some people that you normally wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do on Instagram because of the you know, algorithm and 
engagement, um, and just the level of conversation that goes on in there. I always like to say it's almost like a big podcast, um, yes. but the amount of value and the amount of connections that you can build from the app is just incredible. Like I'm doing one today after this all on like PR and how to use it in your business. And it's just such a cool way to educate your audience in another you know platform. But I agree. I love the fact that there's no video. You don't have to get dressed up. You can be in your pajamas and it's great. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Are you hosting that room, by the way? I'm hosting that room. It's all on PR. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to join, girl. <laughs> yes, come stop by. It's going to be so good. I'm trying to do like more consistent ones, but I'll say like when you're consistent and even if it's like hosting like weekly chats or, you know, mm -hmm. um, weekly rooms or whatever it is and bringing different people, it's like your audience, even on different platforms starts to say, okay, I'm going to go to Clubhouse and hang out with Hannah at 12 o'clock Eastern every Monday, you know? 100%. Also, I started this room. It's on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. It's about dating in New York City. So you should Ooh. totally join. It's, it got so juicy last week. Oh, that sounds yeah. so, so good. I'm going to tell a few of my friends about that too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I know that we kind of went on a little clubhouse rant, and I know for those listening who have no idea what it is, just Google it. It is invite only, but feel free to send me yes. a message because I have invites. I feel like the more you utilize it, the more invites they give you, mm -hmm. and there is this exclusivity aspect to it, but I'm sure within a few months, it's going to be almost accessible to everybody, just like Facebook. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's bring it back to you. I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell us who you are, what you do, and what your relationship is with New York City. Mm, I love that question. <laughs> um, so I am the CEO and founder of a digital marketing and PR agency out of New York. I also run an education platform where I coach other, you know, aspiring and recently established entrepreneurs through my signature method of marketing, branding, and PR. Um, you know, prior to this, I came from the corporate world. Um, I worked in the commercial real estate industry prior to this. So if you know the Wolf of Wall Street, that's exactly it. Um, and then I transitioned to director of marketing of a national home interiors brand outside in New York city, um, where I still consult for them today. Um, so came from the world of real estate and home interiors, brought that into my own business. And now I help coach and consult and basically help entrepreneurs from, like I said, aspiring all the way up to seven figures in their businesses. And I, and I love it. And, you know, my relationship with New York goes very deep, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, my I actually grew up uh, about an hour and a half outside the city in a small town called New Paltz. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Hudson yes, Valley. At I, all. Went to, I went to Syracuse. So oh, okay. So, you know, before. yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my family deeply rooted in the city. My mom is from the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Oh, mom, me too. Yeah. That's where I grew up. No way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. My, um, oh my gosh. I mean, it was back when, before it was very trendy. I'll mm -hmm. leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my mom grew up there. My dad grew up in the Bronx off of Arthur Avenue. Um, I went to school in the city. I went to Pace University downtown, lived in the city, um, you know, lived downtown, lived on the Lenox Hill off of Second Avenue and 64th Street. So very familiar. And I, you know what? I love New York. It's so hard to leave. It's one of those things when you're from here, um, it is so hard to leave this area. The energy of New York is just something that I still haven't been able to experience in any other city yet. Hmm. 
But you're still in New York, right? Or... I actually moved right up. We're actually in the, technically the Hudson Valley now. Okay. Um, but I, my husband still works in the city. Um, my business, we still operate remote, but we do a lot in the city as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, my I was working in the city for many, many years. So definitely used to that city grind and, and mm-hmm. hustle and the energy of New York, you know? Totally. And I feel like that makes so much more like sense of like why you're doing what you're doing. You were mm-hmm. probably meant to run your own business. So mm-hmm. I would love to know what, when was that moment when you were like, you know what, screw corporate, I'm going to do my own thing. And was there any doubt to make that transition or did you just jump? Yeah. So great, great question. And, you know, and I loved my corporate experience. I will say like the experience that I had, although, you know, it was tough, especially in the commercial real estate, you know, being, um, you know, a woman, a woman of color, um, one of the youngest, um, you know, women there and working with an environment of all men, it definitely teaches you to build a thick skin really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I always knew I had a skill set that I could use. It was transferable. It was just a matter of when, when would this happen? Right. Um, so I started my business actually, um, kind of freelance after I went into the hospital for burnout, which is very common from high achieving, you know, women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, actually it wasn't until I, honestly, when COVID started, um, when things started to, I mean, they really picked up and then my whole team got laid off. So it wasn't more so of like, Hey, when are you ready? It was more so the universe saying, this is your time. You're going to make it work and it's going to work fine. Um, so I was kind of shoved into entrepreneurship, although I was almost there, but honestly, if it weren't for COVID, if it weren't for my you know whole team getting laid off, including myself, um, I think I would have waited a little bit longer and held on a little bit longer, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, so this was like more recent. Yeah, this was a, a year ago, about a year ago. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. That's amazing. I also read that you are um, ENFJ and a manifesting mm-hmm. generator. And it's so funny because obviously <laughs> I didn't, like I haven't met you, but I remember you speaking and I was like, I just need to get her on. And I'm the same, like we're the same. Mm-hmm. And this is what I love. <laughs> I also really believe in the power of univer- the universe and like bringing people together, it's always so fascinating, especially in New York. And that is why I also started this podcast because I was meeting so many people and I'm sure you get this all the time. People like meeting another New Yorker and I'm talking about like a native, like born and raised. It's Mm -hmm. so rare. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like New York natives like vibe with natives without like yeah. trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a New York thing. I don't know what it is. It's like, um, if you're from New York and you say you're from New York now, again, like I wasn't born in Manhattan, although like my entire family was, um, it's still my family's so deeply rooted in the city. Um, it'll never leave you. It never mm-hmm. leaves you, you know, the way that you grew up. It's like I said, it's just, my husband always says, you know, if you can make it here, you and it's so cliche, but if you can make it in New York City, though, you actually can make it anywhere because, 100%. like I said, I've never met a city that has the energy, the drive, the motivation. It's like when you're just walking down the street, you just get inspired, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I love that. So I feel like you have a really impressive resume. I would love to have you talk about throughout, you know, your your journey, when have you felt the most challenged? Oh, I mean, there are so many, so many challenges. And I think honestly, owning my own 
business has been a huge challenge. Um, I mean, starting in my earlier corporate days, you know, working, like I said, in a male dominated environment, that was really challenging. Um, you know, constantly having to prove myself, um, in those situations, right. And just being pretty tough. Um, that taught me a lot, you know, especially even just being director of marketing at a young age, but I would say, you know, the biggest challenge has been running your own business. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like running your own business. There's a lot of talk about, you know, you hear quotes of, all these different entrepreneurs saying these motivational things, but when you're in the thick of it, um, there's so many highs and lows, but I think what's so beautiful about entrepreneurship is just being able to like endure those lows and know that it's always temporary. Um, but like the fruits of your labor are what make it worth it, you know? Yeah, totally. So do you have a team? I do. I actually have three full-time team members now, and we have several contractors. We're actually in the midst of hiring another team member um, as well on our agency side. So we grew very fast in such a short amount of time. And why do you think that is? Was it utilizing your own network and social media or like what were your methods in gaining clients? So, and I always recommend this too from the beginning stages. It's like, you know, building your personal brand, build your personal brand online, um, wherever your ideal clients are hanging out, that's where you want to be. So for me, that was Instagram. Um, obviously I couldn't leverage LinkedIn at the time. So I was leveraging, um, Instagram for the most part and going within my referrals. Like I, one of the things that I did from, you know, all the years of corporate was, Anytime I contacted with anyone, I would save it to my, what I like to call my Excel Rolodex. And anytime that I, you know, whatever, if I had to transition roles or for example, moved into my business, I went out to all of those people saying, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Just want to let you know. So I think it's a combination of putting yourself out there, but also going within your network too. And I'm also, you mentioned you know, manifesting generator. I'm a super connector. I love connecting people together. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it comes natural to me, but I know it's not natural to everyone. So just some of my tips and recommendations would be just get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. I know that entrepreneurship is never going to be comfortable, but that's the beauty of it. Yes. I'm going to like mark that down because that is such a good quote. (laughs) No, but I agree 100% too because in New York, and I also like studied uh, public relations when I was in Syracuse. So we know that that relationships is everything. And I pride myself so much on the quality of my network and support system Mm -hmm. and I also believe that you really have to also just ask because some people are so afraid to ask whether it's for help or just being like hey this is what I'm doing Mm -hmm. like just putting it out there so like if you know anybody or whatever the case is like just let me know and that's totally I think useful as an entrepreneur because you have to be your own cheerleader Mm -hmm. for sure so in your by working with all these clients um what has been like the best compliment you've ever received oh oh my goodness i mean it's it's so funny right like when you sit about and think about your praises you're like okay where do i start this is so Mm -hmm. so strange um but i think for me one of the most rewarding things that i've had is um you know i teach a lot about white glove service and it's something that i've incorporated you know luxury branding luxury luxury agency Um, but we recently had a client that just signed on Um, we just started working together and one of the things that she mentioned to my client concierge manager was that this is one of the best investments she's ever made and she hasn't even started yet 
And that was just from the experience that she's had with our team. And to me, like, I felt like my work was done, right? Like I, my biggest thing, especially as you grow and scale your business is how you lead and your leadership skills. And, you know, I've led teams before, um, came from that world, but like everyone can learn, everyone can deepen their leadership skills. And for me being able to teach coach and train my team on how to deliver this level of service and seeing that type of, um, you know, comment was just, it made everything to me. So I would say that's the most recent one that really stuck out. Yeah. So when I hear you speak, I definitely can see why you are a leader, but I'm curious because I feel like I struggle with this as well. Sometimes do you have like, not like a control issue, (laughs) but how do you trust, you know, other people to deliver, I guess, services in the same way that you would, right? Because I always feel like when, when I, when I came across the whole concept of like outsourcing, it sounds lovely and like, oh my God, yes. But I always have a problem like letting go of that control. And I guess it's a trust thing, but how were you able to foster this team that, that really, you know, you, you, that backs you up? Yeah, that's a great question. And I always like to preface too that your baby is your baby and um, no one will ever treat your baby the way that you treat your baby. So um, that's really, that's pretty much it. But I will say in terms of how do you train and coach your people, it's all about the culture you create. So I went the route of hiring full-time people. Now, you know, when I first started, did I have all full-time staff? No, I had a lot of um, contractors that I outsourced. But the biggest thing that I'll say is, you know, to have a high performing, engaged team, it really comes down to the culture that you create, right? Because it's not a one woman show or, you know, one man show. Um, It's all about we, it's not I. And that's the biggest thing that I'm actually doing a post on it this week. Um, As you grow and scale your business, you know, to the multiple six, seven figure mark, and you see it all the time on social media, it becomes less about I and more about we, because I can't run my business without my team. And in order to do that, I need to give them the tools and the support for them to thrive. Right. So that's been such a priority, but I think it comes down to setting clear expectations with your team, being brutally honest in the sense of here's what I expect. um, And here's the support that you need and here are the tools. And I think that goes both ways. No, that's really, Mm -hmm. really insightful Mm -hmm. um so i want to shift gears just a little bit right now since we are you know a little like warmed up to each other and basically just ask you what keeps you up at night it sounds like such a basic question but i feel like as entrepreneurs you're constantly on the go you probably have your schedule is you know booked from like a.m to p.m and i don't think we take time to really slow down and i think you have experience because I know you talk a lot about like burnout and all of that so I would love to know but in this current moment right now as I'm asking you this question do you have any pressing stress or burden that you can open up about that's a great question and I like how you ask such raw authentic (laughs) questions too and you know to be quite honest and, and I don't sugarcoat things um 
there's always going to be something that can keep me up at night, right? There's always something in your business or, oh my gosh, I didn't do this or, you know, this person needs this and I forgot to send or whatever it is. Um, I think I would say the thing that does keep me up at night every now and then obviously it are my clients, right? And just because I care so deeply about them um, and that I always want to perform better and be better and give them the best, right? So um, for me, I would say the only thing that ever does keep me up at night is usually work related, but that also stems from, you know, my past experience, even with corporate. So I know even for myself, I have to set clear boundaries of some of, you know, Hey, did I deliver on those expectations or am I letting that, you know, type a high achieving, um, you know, part of me get the best of me. Right. Um, and that's where it's almost like assessing, is this something I need to be getting worked up about? Or is this my mind? telling me, Hey, you're not doing enough. And I think that's where like the mindset comes in. Yes, I agree. A hundred percent. Have you mastered, uh, the notion of balancing? Oh, okay. So (laughs) I actually, I don't, I honestly don't even think there is such thing as balance because Mm. there isn't, you know, I was just talking to, um, one of my team members about this and, um, you know, when it comes to, working in a nine to five, right? Like at the end of the day, you can, well, you know, hopefully you can shut off at five o'clock when you're running your business. There is no such thing as shutting off. It's up to you to decide to shut off. And for me, it's all about give and take and push and pull. I know when it's time to push in my business. I also know when it's time to pull back and slow down. Um, so This week is technically what I like to call my CEO week, where it's a pullback week, where I can work on the things, the more creative projects. I don't have barely any client calls. And it's nice because if I don't want to, you know, work all these hours, I don't feel pressured or, um, yeah, under pressure to do that, which I think is great because then I can let my mind roam and get creative. Um, But I think it all comes down to how you work. Like there's some work, there's some nights where I work until 10 o'clock, but then there's also some days where I don't start work until 1030 in the morning. So it really just depends on your schedule. But I also, one thing I will say is have one day out of the week where it's a non-negotiable. Like for me, Saturdays, you will never find me work on a Saturday. I will never work on a Saturday. That's a day I spend with my husband. Um, and that's our time together. And that is, a, it's a sacred day for me. So just having like a clear boundary on like at least like one day out of the week where it's just for you, you know, yeah, you can do I'm more the same great. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saturday is also my day. Like I cannot work. And I also, I'm like, don't even check my emails. Mm-hmm. Sundays, maybe like in the evening, I kind of gear up for to prepare. Ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, Sunday scaries is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know that you have so many like components to your company in terms of like services and like different branches. Do you have, I guess, I don't want to say cap it out, but do you have like a, a maximum of how many projects slash clients you're mm. taking at once? Oh, absolutely. And we have clients across the board on the education platform side, which is like the coaching side. And those are within my group programs. And then I have my agency clients and one-to-one consulting clients. Like to give you some perspective right now, we are booking, we're booking into honestly end of April, May at this point. Um, That's how far out we're booking. Um, But that's because I intentionally um, do not want to overload my team, but also, you know, want to maintain and deliver that service to clients 
clients and still be able to get on Voxer and have a conversation with my clients in between our calls. So for me, I know my bandwidth. Um, and I know, you know, listen, at the end of the day, if a client was like, hey, I'm going to pay you to start next week, um, I would unfortunately have to tell them no right now, right? Because that's, you know, uh, maintaining my integrity and my standards. Um, so yeah, I do have a limit and I would recommend to just knowing what your bandwidth is. Um, that way you don't get into that cycle of burnout, which can be really easy. Mm-hmm. And for a high achieve high achieving performer like yourself how do you define success and like what is happiness to you because I feel like Mm -hmm. in a world like just yeah in in America in New York there is like people define success and and happiness with the amount of zeros in your paycheck Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you you have been successful you know you Mm -hmm. have had a high paying job so I'm curious like breaking through uh, your titles, right, and and what you're making, and all of that. Like for you, like really, like what what is success? And like, yeah, such a good question. And you know, and this is also where maturity comes into play. Because if you would have asked me right out of school what's successful, I would have said, "Give me the six figure job. I just want the money. I want the nice BMW, like all the things." And you know, I I did that. I got there. I had the six-figure job really young. I got the BMW. I got the home. And to be quite honest, things were still the same. And to me, now after running this business and literally starting from the ground up to now where we are, like, and I talk to clients about this, like, listen, at the end of the day, like, I've gone from making having a $400 client when I first started to now having a $60,000 client. Like I've had six figure months. I've like, I've, I've been there and I, to be quite honest, like, yes, does the money help you do things and serve other people and be able to give and, and create more good in the world? Absolutely. I will never take that away. Does it supply my happiness? Absolutely not. My time is my happiness. Like to me, defining success is yes, not having to worry about money, but also spending time with my loved ones. Like that is my definition of success. Like if I want to be able to spend time with my husband and go on a way on a trip, like that is success to me. Um, So for me, my time is worth more than the money. And for a lot of people, um, especially in New York, when, you know, money is, seems to be the center focus, um, it can be hard. And sometimes you have to realize like, you know, for example, I had some family members that went through some serious health issues recently, and it put a lot of things into perspective that, um, you know, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have your family and if you don't have that support system, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And I feel like if anything, that's what 20, I'm like, what year are we in? <laughs> what 2020 <laughs> yeah. taught us. Like it really mm-hmm. comes down to your relationships. Like I, like I mentioned, you know, previously and, and the people that, I don't know. Like, I think I feel like when you I read this study that they like they were uh, interviewing older people, like people who are literally, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like in the 80s, 90s. And the one thing they always say, if you like, you know, close your eyes and you think about the life that you've lived, like yeah. what are those moments that really stand out? And it's not going to be, you know, the BMW and the home. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like. Oh my God, that one moment where I laughed so hard, my stomach started hurting or I was about to pee Mm -hmm. or like I was with so-and-so when we got in trouble or like it's those just 
life experiences, yes. right? That really translates to making it so meaningful. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's, it's like the travel, which I think too, with, um, COVID it's really taught us a lot about, you know, some of the things that we took for granted, like travel. I was just talking to my husband about this last night and, you know, um, being able to go through those experiences, I am much would rather like go to, you know, a tropical island, um, then spend money on like a pair of blue batons. But that's just me personally. I love travel. I love experiences. I love fine dining. Like I love just, you know, living life honestly to its fullest. And honestly, even finding the smallest, like, um, pleasures in your every single, you know, day of life. Um, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be going on this glamorous, you know, luxurious vacation, but even if it's like taking a moment to go to the coffee shop you like, and just sitting and looking at the sky, I know it sounds so simple, but in New York city, it can be so easy to go, go, go all the time that you don't appreciate like the beautiful architecture or just sitting down in a park. You know what I mean? I couldn't agree with you more because I think if anything, again, like last year, it really showed me personally just the power of slow living and being present because that was something that I did not do. Like I was so caught up with like catching the train. I would like check what time it came and I would just like run, run, run. And then nowadays I'm like, okay, like look up, like Exactly. Like, we are so lucky mm-hmm. to even like be born here because mm-hmm. people dream of this and it's, it's like you're like I mean you create your own lifestyle but the but your upbringing and your environment we don't really choose that mm-hmm. so it's just so like yeah it, it gave me a step back and I was like oh my god I'm so happy to call this city my home mm-hmm. love that and speaking of the city so this podcast is called the city confessions and mm-hmm. the reason why is because I love again sitting down with guests who are doing amazing things to celebrate the highs but also normalize the lows and then at the end I kind of like to do something fun mm-hmm. and basically ask you if you can share a confession what would that be but I want to preface this by saying I would love to think that I've created a safe space <laughs> for you to share whatever it is and it doesn't have to be serious it can be something lighthearted. so I've had different guests come and you know open up and and really go deep and 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 shed light on like darker moments or I've had people say like you know what this is something like really quirky about me and I would love to share yep. that <laughs> so however you're receiving this question Hannah if if you Absolutely. can just share the question what would that be so one of the things that is so you know with New York um it's one of those places that like you know not everyone can make it here right it's one of those places where on the flip side on the positive side it can be like this place where you can birth new ideas and be around some of those incredible people but on the other side if you let it this the city can eat you up and spit you right back out um if you let it and for me you know in terms of like a more vulnerable moment you know when i lived in the city especially during college I moved here by myself. I was like, I don't know, 19 years old and living in my own apartment, living the dream. Mind you, I had no money. I mean, I honestly, I was eating like cereal for dinner because I wanted to go out to eat. Like that's what every New Yorker does. You live in a small apartment. And, you know, at one point with like the hustle and the, and the, you know, going through school and landing the jobs and the corporate careers, like, um, you know, I pushed myself to a point where I was like, okay, like, what am I doing here? 
You know, this is not serving me. And I think a lot of people have gone through this where you're rushing to get to the subway and getting to your, you know, your office and doing all the things and like hustling. And sometimes that can lead to anxiety and stress. And that's exactly what happened to me, especially during the earlier stages was, um, you know, I got to a point where I almost questioned why I was here and it was a vulnerable moment. But once I really got into what my purpose was and why I was here and really flipping the switch, that's when things started to turn up. So I would say that was probably one of my most more vulnerable moments was when I was living in the city on my own at such a young age, because it just taught you to grow up really, really quick. Yeah, I think, yes, a hundred percent, because I feel like even when I tell people that like how old I was when I kind of traveled by myself in terms of thinking of stuff wait people are always like what like yeah isn't it dangerous I'm like no it's like a New York thing yeah. like, just like they're like you know what just go out in the wild you know you mm-hmm. can you can't survive you can it's so yeah it's funny but that's what I love about having that New York you know upbringing it's yeah. I think it really allows us to be not only have a thick skin but we're so direct and blunt and mm-hmm. no it just makes you like a warrior you know yeah absolutely absolutely so if you can actually thank new york city for something what would that be oh that's a great question i mean for me in new york city New York City's home, right? And New York City is like literally the city of opportunity. And I don't think I would be where I am without New York City. Uh, I mean, not to mention it's home to the best pizza and the best bagels and the best restaurants. Um, But New York City for me will always be home. It will always be where I feel most authentic to myself. And I think that's something that no matter where you are, like you can feel that energy as soon as you come into the city. Oh, I love that. And I know that you spoke a little bit about food and there is no way we can, like as natives, not talk about that. So I would love to know what are your favorite spots? What's your favorite pizza, bagel? Okay, so for for pizza, I love Patsy's. I love a good Patsy's pizza, good slice. There's also a good spot down on, I don't, it's off of Fulton Street. Oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on it now. It's right next to Pace. Oh, is it near... um, (sighs) Battery Park? Kind no? of. But I'm blanking on the name, but there's a good little spot, like hole in the wall spot down there. I love, like for a nice restaurant, I really love Zuma. Zuma is one of my favorites. there. Oh, it's so good. It's in, it's in Midtown, so it's not like the most chic of neighborhoods. It's um, in Madison Avenue, I think on like 40th Street. And oh, it's Japanese? Is, oh, it's so good. It is so Ooh, good. That's my favorite type of food. Ooh, it looks so bougie. Yeah, yeah. It, it, no, it is. It's like one of those, like you go, you have a nice night. It's it's amazing. And I also love the new restaurant at Hudson Yards, um, the Greek one. And I'm blanking on the name of it right now, but that one was excellent too. Oh, I'm going to Hudson Yards Wednesday. So let me look into that. It's the, yeah, the Greek, like a- the SDR. Yes. Yep. Okay, that one. Yep. <laughs> fine dining you have good taste (laughs) (laughs) thank you and I know you love lychee martinis so honestly one of my favorite my favorite okay my favorite place to get it is Berlin okay mine's Zuma mine's you have to go to Zuma okay okay. Mm -hmm. well like Berlin is like a lower east side bar and I definitely used to use my sister's ID and get in and (laughs) they're they're happy hours until 10 p.m. 
Oh, wow. And it was $5, leaching martini. So we would just like order a million of them and just like leave it on a table. I love it. Yeah, no, they do such a nice job at Zuma too, where there's like actually like they put a flower in the drink and it's just so exquisite. It's just, you have to go for the experience. It's great. I wish you told me this before because (laughs) I, it was like my birthday in January and you know, that's at the perfect time to get all your friends to mm-hmm. do like something super bougie. But yeah. no, this is good. I, I I can't believe I never heard of it though. So good. Because oh, it's yeah. honestly, it's one of those spots where, you know, if you're from New York, are you going to travel to go to Midtown to go to eat? That's most of the time, You that's know what true. I mean? It's like <laughs> usually where people work. So, totally. um, but it's worth going to Midtown. <laughs> I will. I will definitely add that to my list. But I just want to take a moment right now to acknowledge your presence uh, for showing up, for blessing my show with your positive energy and just saying yes, right? I know you said a lot about how success uh, ties in with time and like time is so sacred. So the fact that you penciled me in this Monday morning, I just want to send gratitude for that because that's something that I definitely don't take lightly. Like I I know that, you know, you don't have to say yes. So I just want to send you that. And yeah, and I hope a lot of people have been inspired by you. Um, This is your chance to plug away. Tell us. Uh, where the listeners can find you as well as if you have any secret projects in the works that you can maybe tease but Hannah what can the world be on the lookout from you in the next three months six months and the rest of 2021 thank you well first up I just have to say thank you again for having me on this podcast um it's been such a pleasure and I just love chatting with other like-minded people like yourself so thank you um but you can find me over at Hannah M um Nieves at N-I-E-B-E-S and um you can find me on my website. It's just my first and last name.co. And um, in terms of how, you know, people can work with me, come hang out on Instagram, depending on where your business is. I have so many different ways that clients can work with my brand, but also in self-paced formats, like through masterclasses and things like that. So come hang out. I'm usually pretty active over on Instagram and Clubhouse. Awesome. And I will leave all of her information in the show notes. So be sure to click that. And I have one final question as we Mm -hmm. wrap it up. And that is, what is the one thing you love most about yourself? Ooh, so good. I would say the one thing I would say is my, um, just my loyalty and compassion. I think that's something that I've always been told I've had even since I was young is just how compassionate I am um, to, you know, other people and my team and just this comes with a lot of patience. So for me, just having that compassion um, is something that I'm really proud of. And I just, you know, I also have to hats off to my mom because she's the reason why I am like that. And that's something I've always been really proud of because no matter how stressful a situation I've always been able to maintain that composure, compassion, and loyalty. Yeah, I think that's such a beautiful trait, especially since you are working with clients and they need to also feel that, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. so like compassionate in, in your job and also working with them, I'm sure they it makes the relationship so much easier and natural. Mm-hmm. So that is so nice. And again, Thank it was you. so lovely speaking with you. I know, My again, we, we haven't met, but I already feel like 
such a positive vibe from like recording this. So thank you. Thank Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Okay. Uh, And that is it for today, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Like I mentioned a million times, I will leave all of Hannah's information in the show notes. So be sure to check that out and stay tuned for next week's episode. All right. Bye.